Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. It is Friday, July 9th, 2021, and this is apparently the 72nd episode. When you put it that way, it sounds bigger, ladies. And uh, we will again be talking about, of course, Fallout New Vegas. Your host this week, myself, <laughs> Lee and Reed. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm doing. I like that. Uh, I like the Friday show energy, or lack thereof. I like the laid-back, chill nature of it. It's not quite as laid back for obvious reasons as the Saturday podcast episodes, but, you know, it'll do. No, that's right. Exactly yeah. right. It's the middle of the day, you know? <laughs> you have those, those Saturday, that Saturday morning haze. Hey, there's a name. Someone someone picked that up. Uh, so we, we have kind of like a bonus episode this week because we just recorded on Monday. I checked out the video game news, and wouldn't you know it, there is none. Uh, we can talk a little bit about, of course, the Switch OLED Really quickly off the top here, Reed, this thing got revealed. Uh, they took away, like, the bezel on the screen and extended 6.2 inches to 7 inches in oh just three God. weeks. One pill a day. Uh, and your Switch can can grow 0.8 of an inch. Uh, they will be using the same Joy-Cons. Uh, this is using the same processor, the T... T was it the Tigra or whatever, NVIDIA chip or whatever? The fucking uh, Tiger Panzer Three. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Panzer tank, uh, and then they're going to, uh, what else do you get with this thing? You get a big ol' kickstand, a lot of, a lot of dick stuff going on right now in this, this podcast, we should, we should, let's clean it up here. For, uh, so this, this new kickstand will span the entire uh, breadth of the console, and then is adjustable, so you can, you can adjust how much of a tilt you want on that thing, and the kickstand on the original Switch is kind of a joke. Yes, yes uh, it is. It, mine, mine got broken off a long time ago. Yeah, just snapped it off when you bought it. You're like, it's a matter of time. Uh, it'll come with a new dock that is compatible with the old Switch, and the old Switch uh, dock will also be compatible with this. That is to say, again, that there is no uh, graphical or performance enhancements uh, with this newest iteration of the Switch. So it's all kind of compatible, which is nice, uh, other than the fact that the Joy-Cons are unchanged and that the drift in issues will probably continue into the future, which is kind of unacceptable. Other than that, the dock will have a LAN port, which... Oh my Let's God. be honest, on a, on a fucking Switch is very unnecessary. And the issue... Especially yeah. because there already exist network adapters. If you do want to plug in the the LAN cord, it's just a USB to LAN cord adapter. And like, like that, that's like, what, 10 bucks, 20 bucks? Just go fucking buy that instead. I get it if you're like playing Tekken 7 and like you're you're very competitive on a PlayStation or something like that. But let's be honest with the, with the Switch and with how fast internet is now, most places... I don't think Wi-Fi versus LAN adapter is the main concern. It's literally the net code of the... Like, Smash Brothers will not play better if you are on a wired connection with fiber internet. It it will play as good as it can, uh, but you're still going to be dropping packets. It's still going to have latency. Uh, we just know this. And the issue now is that we pay for a Nintendo Switch online service and that... It's man, shit. even. <laughs> it's and and it's shit and and the way it's depicted in the the trailer and stuff uh, when they showed this thing where the guys just got his cell phone sitting like you like they they thought the A to B was just like no why would you want a party chat system through the console you're playing on when everybody has a mobile phone it's like no Nintendo you don't make a mobile phone now you are assuming I have a third party thing it should be all encompassed in the Switch the friends lists are a joke. Uh, the way you go about inviting people and, and chatting with them in the online games when you decide to play online yeah, games on like, the Switch needs improvement. It, it's it's so fucking ass backwardsly. If like if you and me like hadn't met before, but we really like, you know, 
banged it off or something at night and you're like hey you know Excuse i me? play i play <laughs> i play smash on switch do you play i'd yeah. be like yeah cool like do you have your fucking 12 digit friend code handy like do you keep that carrying around with you no well i guess we can get fucked then <laughs> One of the best games of Smash Brothers I ever had was on 3DS in line with someone. And I just know we just were both playing Smash. And we're like, oh, I'll fight you. We had this fight. And it la- like, if you remember the 3DS Smash before all the uh, the patches and stuff that, that came through, uh, a fucking three-stock match in that could last 20 minutes long if uh, both combatants were kind of evenly oh, matched. Yeah, I remember. And we never got to finish our match. Uh, and he was the reason, this person I fought was the reason I switched to a Yoshi main. Let's wow. just talk about Smash Brothers now. Anyway, after the fact, I'm like, can I find this guy in my console and, like, send him a friend request or send him a message and, like, let's finish our match, buddy, or just make a friend with someone, play Mortal Kombat with your friend from Vietnam. Uh, and uh, sure enough, I had no recourse of finding who this guy was or, or contacting him through the friends list on the console. And uh, it's a bummer. It's a real bummer. It's 2020 yeah. 20 fucking one. And, uh, by God, like, you, yeah, like, especially in a game like Pokemon, which is one of their biggest IPs, it's just going to say best selling games. And it'd be the easiest to translate a direct friend invite into a match or into a raid or directly challenge a particular person to a match. But you fucking can't. You have to use a third party system such as texting, PC, however, to communicate with this fucking person that doesn't live in the same location as you, to go online, enter in a room code, and make sure it's the same code as you, and you entered in at the same time, so you hope you get into the same fucking room. Like, Discord is incredible for this. Discord is an incredible third-party tool for this. That's all-encompassing. No matter what console you're playing, if you're playing cross-play between PC and PS4 or something like that in the few games that support it, something like a Discord is great because it spans that. You have your laptop open in front of you anyways. You can chat with your buddies. Fine. Nintendo is basically saying, though, that your your option is either our first-party app, which is already worse than using something like Discord, which is also an app on your phone if you choose to use it that way. Yeah. And, I, like, when I play uh, PlayStation, if I play Xbox, if I'm playing with someone who's on that same platform, the party chat stuff in the in on those platforms is good enough that you would just use that. Yes. If me and you were going to play Avengers together, we're just going to party chat on PlayStation, oh, when and it's me, fine. Yeah, when me and my friends play Warzone, like, we are across all different consoles. A couple of us are PC, a couple of us are Xbox, a couple of us are PlayStation. We just use the Call of Duty chat that they have built into the fucking video game. And it works. It's good. You can hear everybody clearly and, and stuff. And you can't be telling me that fucking Call of Duty has more money than all of Nintendo. Stupid. It all comes back to dicks, Reed. I think what happened was they did the they did the Picto chat on DS. And people were able to kind of Picto chat and send stuff to each other. And when they saw the sheer number of phalluses uh, <laughs> produced by, at that point, they were like, no, shut it down. We can't trust these people. Uh, to to play nice, yeah. make sure it's a a barcode you have to enter but, to friend like, somebody. It, but in seriousness, it doesn't make any sense from even a business perspective for me, or like an education perspective. Like if they're worried that like oh our consumers won't know how to use online, like I guarantee if you ask any fucking ten year old out there, could you work like this online for Xbox or PlayStation? They'd be like, yeah, no problem, two seconds. And then, yeah, at the same, uh, in the same breath, if you asked anybody who owns a Switch and another console, and you said, what is easier to navigate, Nintendo's online or, you know, PlayStation's, they would say PlayStation every single fucking time. It's needlessly yeah. complicated, it's vague, it's difficult to navigate, and it's confusing, especially when you consider that there's different Nintendo accounts across their handheld systems and their home consoles. 
it's uh it's time to shape up but it, it seems like it's it's working like it's limping along the issue is now that with the switch we're paying for it yeah and uh that that's where i draw the line if you get what you pay for if the service is free and it's limping along like with, with uh smash brothers on the wii it's like we're gonna be able to play smash online that's fucking huge and then you try it and you're like, no, you can't play Smash Online. You just can't. Like, the latency is so bad that you are just not having... You're not playing the game. Like, imagine playing Tetris with the amount of latency that, like, Smash on the Wii has. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It's 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 wild and it's crazy. Uh, but this OLED model, of course, uh, OLED was last seen in a... Uh, I mean, phones have OLED screens, OLED screens, as they like to say, because it's easier on the tongue, if you know what I mean. Uh, but the Vita, the original Vita launch, uh, had the OLED screen, and I have that Vita. And let me tell you, it's it's pretty fucking gorgeous. Like, the OLED is is on a smaller scale like that, with the resolution of the games uh, being so high. It, it looks really nice. Uh, yeah. So if you are someone who plays your Switch primarily in portable mode uh, and didn't get a light... I guess this would be cool, although it's going to be fucking heavy. But how many uh, games even on the Switch are you going to be like, man, I really want to get the most out of the visuals of this game? It's like Breath it's, of the fucking Wild, yeah. and that's it. Like, again, if you if you saw an OLED Vita next to a regular Vita playing this, like playing Hotline Miami, the OLED screen's that much more vibrant. Is it worth paying, I believe, $449.99 Canadian dollars for the Nintendo Switch OLED? No. If you're buying a Switch for the first time, however, I would say go for it. Uh, you get the extra yeah. space on the screen. Uh, again, the OLED screen's going to look great if you're playing it in portable. If you're plugging it into a TV, there is no difference. That is the big takeaway here is aside from an increased uh, hard drive or flash memory or whatever so the basic switch and the switch light has 32 gigabytes yeah uh this will will read they're doubling it Double. 64 gigabytes just like a laptop you had 10 years ago uh the switch will now have 64 gigabytes of, of i believe it's flash oh my memory god the they're switch. almost there's... catching up to like the second wave of 360 consoles <laughs> it's fucking insane <laughs> <laughs> it's like so fucking crazy but it's also flash memory right which is what makes the playstation 5 it got the solid state drive, drives the price up. But at a certain point here, like what when you think of an SD card, you think of a micro SD card, how much money would it cost them to source thousands upon thousands of micro SD cards and on top of the 32 gigabytes that come basic with it, that they they give you a 128 gigabyte. It, it couldn't cost them more than $12. I'm being completely honest with you. To give you over 100 gigabytes of space to encourage you to go on the eShop to buy games digitally where they make more money. Listen, I'm, I'm not trying to put myself out of business here. I'm just saying there's so many weird uh, kind of pants on head decisions. Pants on Nintendo. head? Yeah, pants on head, insane, crazy. Uh, so they, uh, this of course flies in the face of everyone thinking that, that a Switch Pro was coming, that a 4K... Read four thousand P's, uh, or I'd be I would, no, it wouldn't even be four thousand P's. It'd be two thousand P's, four K, right? Maybe half. Yeah, uh, like, resolution was coming to the Switch with an increased processor, and that games would run better, and they would split the user base, and that Breath of the Wild two would be exclusive to this new Switch. No, none of that came to pass. Uh, like, here, they should not do exclusives for another console again. Just personally and professionally, I don't like that. I don't fucking like locking behind games behind specific versions of specific consoles. Not if it's a half step. Not if it's like a, a 3DS and a new 3DS. Yes. But if this buys them two years to now re basically release the Switch 2 as a new platform, well, that's how it goes, yeah. man. Yeah, you should just release the Switch 2 and actually, like... Like, I, 
I don't know. Does like does the handheld into docking mode do it for anybody? Does anybody like really like that? Like uh, I like the. I mean, let's let's be honest. With the the biggest use case for it here in North America, you're playing a game, and you've got to take a wicked shit. You just you pop it out of the dock, man, and you're you're carrying it right to the commode. No big deal. Right. Um, um. You know, if these <laughs> the thing is like these gimmicks are what Nintendo wants to do, and that's great. But because of that, that's why everything else suffers. That's why their consoles are not as powerful. That's why they do not have as good online, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. Uh, if they want my money, I think they need to desperately improve their online services. And then, yeah, release a console that's actually kind of powerful. I think GameCube was a really well-selling console, and it was just a regular-ass console. Do something like that again, fuck. But that's just that's well, just that's I, just personal shit. I understand that the Switch sold like fucking hotcakes, so what do I know? But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The GameCube was uh, interesting because it, GameCube was really the last time Nintendo was competing, or or would be cons- perceived as competing with Sony and Microsoft on their terms. As of the Wii, no, Nintendo is its own fucking thing. And if you look at that divergence. When the Wii came out was also when the Xbox 360 and the PS3 came out, which is crazy to think about, uh, which is when Xbox was rolling out all those Xbox Live features and stuff like that. And then Nintendo didn't have didn't need to have anything to do with because they became what they are now. Uh, obviously, if Xbox had all those features and Sony just decided not to put any of that shit in the PS3, well, the story would be very different, right? It's yeah. it's. It's neat to think about. It's neat to talk about. I like the idea of, of what this Switch is and, and where it'll fit in. Hopefully this means the regular Switch gets a, a bit of a price drop as well. Because based on the, the components and what's in it, Nintendo should really be considering that. And I think the Switch Lite should be, uh, at this point, well under the, the price it is. Like, could you imagine how a Switch Lite would fly at 200 bucks, Even if you had a Switch... That would be a proposition at that point, unless you're just against the portableness yeah, of it. The no. way I think of it is, what if the PlayStation 5 was modular in that you could just pick up... the Like, think of the PlayStation 5 just looking like a Switch, but still having that power. And what if you could pick up the PS5, go around your house with it, or even take it to work with you, and play some Ratchet and Clank at lunch on a screen like that? Just imagine if, if that worked. You could see yourself using it, and that's the same with the Switch, really. Uh, it's just like it. You ha- you can sit in bed and watch something on the TV and play on the Switch, uh, so someone else can do something on the TV. Which was the the Wii U thing, right? It's just like oh, play on the gamepad, and then the TV is freed up for whatever the fuck you want. Only it was a half baked idea that was fully realized with the uh, the Switch. Uh, curious, yeah. I, I don't feel behooved uh, personally to to go buy a Switch OLED. Really? Yeah. Not no. really. Yeah. I, I was tempted by the Animal Crossing Switch just because it looks so damn pretty, Reed. But uh, you know, at the ultimate, at the end of the day, if it's a portable console, console, you're staring at it. If it's something that's plugged into your TV, you're not. And uh, things like cosmetics don't really matter uh, b- beyond that. The way I think of it. Did you see this uh, Sony State of Play yesterday? Uh, no, I did not. It was another one of those great things where they have to tell the internet what they won't be showing. <laughs> it was like, hey, stay tuned for this State of Play. This is what we will be showing. That's not enough, though. They have to go on with another paragraph to say, we will not be showing God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, PlayStation 5 VR, etc., etc. So people can't pre-troll them, I guess. Uh, And then the state of play comes out and people are still disappointed that they didn't see anything, even though the whole point of the state of play was to show Deathloop uh, by Xbox and Bethesda and Arcane Games coming to the PlayStation exclusively in September. Deathloop. Um, 
yeah, they showed Moss 2 and some other stuff, but the main takeaway here for the memes read was in one of the trailers, uh, they had a PlayStation 5 sitting upside down. Okay. And uh, the memes were so spicy that Sony actually delisted that trailer, delisted that video. They couldn't, they were so embarrassed. They're that so the fucking embarrassed. PlayStation was a, How embarrassing. The fucking PlayStation's upside down. <laughs> so, that's where we've come to in consoles. When when was the when was the moment where people didn't know what side up was the console and it it might be this one definitively with that fucking PS5 design. Um are you going to be pissed if they do a PS5 slim that looks just way neater on your TV shelf than what you currently have? Uh probably not. Like I fucking I played Demon Souls and Ratchet and Clank. I've already felt like I've gotten a lot of my value out of it, uh, especially for all the times I've played Demon Souls. Um, I'm assuming whenever God of War and Horizon come out, um, I will also get even more of my money's worth. So I'm not, I don't know. I'm not too fucking mad about anything. Word. <laughs> Reed, what have you been playing in the last five days? Oh, I've been playing lots of New Vegas. Um, mm. been trying to make that thing run better, but it's real fucking hard. Uh, yeah, man, like 10 year old games. Like <laughs> no, there's other ten year old games on Steam that work right out of the box. It's just New Vegas. Hell, there's a twelve minute video you can watch online. Lee, that's just a dude telling you how you can get this game to run properly on a new system. There's like fucking mm. ten mods you got to get. You got to alter the ini files. You got to do a bunch of shit. It's still it's interesting that like a Bethesda game seems to be. Uh, I'm generalizing, uh, but they they do develop their games on PC, Microsoft. Xbox stuff, I think, primarily, and then it's ported over to the Sony stuff, as far as I've ever known about uh, Bethesda. Like, Fallout 4 runs perfectly fine. I've played that for hours and had absolutely no crashes. Fallout 2 works fine. I've played that for hours with no crashes. It's yeah. Basically just New Vegas. It is what it is. I, like, I'm to a point now where I'm just, I'm just gonna live with the fact that this game's gonna crash on me a lot and fucking move on with my life. Uh, I'm still gonna play it. I'm gonna finish all the DLCs. <laughs> so- but it's kind I'm, of par for the course when you uh, when you think about it, though, yeah, for New I, Vegas, right? It's just yeah. like... <laughs> yes. So I might have to, like, look it up after the fact and, like, ask some people, like, hey, am I doing something wrong here? Am I missing a mod? Like, I'm pretty sure I followed all the fucking steps there are online how to make this goddamn game work, but I can't figure it out. So, uh, fuck it. Um, so anyway, yep, yeah, been playing that. Uh, my character's real fun. I'm going to do all the DLCs that I've been played, so I started Honest Hearts. On his heart so far is, yeah, it's kind of neat. I don't, I'm not a big fan of, like, I think it's really cool. I love, like, the whole tribe thing that's been present since Fallout 1, Fallout 2, and it's carried over heavily into Fallout New Vegas. I, I like hearing about the tribes. I don't like seeing them. Um, the, <laughs> it, like, they're 360 faces. <laughs> it's not, it's not 360 faces. It's like watching a post apocalyptic movie where you have a bunch of fucking dummies that are like worshiping a tin can or something like that. Like, I, I understand what you're doing here. The society's collapsed. There's like humans are regressing. They're forming a religion, all that shit. But I don't personally find that interesting at all. So, like, running into Joshua or Daniel's uh, tribes and their feud with the Whitefoots just does absolutely nothing for me. Especially when you know that you were just in the Mojave, where everybody is just a normal person. It's just a bit. Speaking too... of the Mojave, uh, how do you like the Mojave uh, contrasted against the lush greenery of Zion? Yeah, that that's what I do like is the very refreshing um, uh, uh, environment change. Uh, yes, there's obviously Foliage, green. There's yeah. there's flowers. There's grass. There's water, and that's all really cool and stuff. 
Uh, it seems like a kind of a smaller area. Like, like from what I've heard about everybody talking about the DLCs, everybody says Honest, Honest Hearts is pretty all right. It's about equal with Dead Money, but Old War Blues is really the best one. And then Lonesome Road is um, very divisive. So after I'm done Honest Hearts, I'm going to go do Dead Money. And then after that, I'm going to do Old World Blues. And then I can finish off with Lonesome Road, which I have played before. Yeah, and Dead Money is more of a... You, they're almost one-to-one, actually, if you compare them even in their release cro- cro- chronology. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, Dead Money and Operation Anchorage, which was from Fallout 3, is kind of like a mission-based DLC. Yes. Which is like, once you go in, you got to finish this thing. It's going to have its ups and downs. It's only going to take you two to three hours. And then Honest Hearts uh, equivalent would be The Pit, which is about the same size map, I would say, with the same amount of side stuff to do. Yeah. And then uh, what came next in Fallout 3? The Pit, and then Broken Steel. Broken which Steel. I, Does that count? I, I don't, was, I'm not as familiar with the Fallout 3 DLC. I know of them. I don't know. Like, Broken Steel and the Operation Anchorage always get mixed up in my head for me because you go to the Brotherhood of Steel to do Operation Anchorage. Um, is that the same one? Yeah, no, so Operation Anchorage is like a VR mission. You get, yes, like, strapped I, into I a thing that. and if you can... I'm yeah, saying if you beat you, it, then they unlock the, the... I'm saying that you go to the Brotherhood of Steel to go into the VR to do Operation Anchorage. No, no, no. It's, it, there's, there, there's, you do, yeah. The Brotherhood of Steel are there because it's their... They want the stuff that's on the other side of the door, right? Well, and anyway... You have, you, have to, you have to beat the simulation to, like, unlock this vault of good shit. Yeah, but... So the Brotherhood of Steel basically force you to do this. Yeah, and then, yeah, there's Operation Anchorage. I mean, Broken yeah. Steel. I don't even know what the fuck happens to that. And I don't like point, Fall, I don't point like lookout, <laughs> right? Point Lookout was Fallout 3 DLC, yes. which is about equivalent to uh, Old World Blues in, si- in size of map and extra stuff. And then uh, Fallout 3 ended with Mothership Zeta, and then uh, Fallout New Vegas ended with Lo- Lonesome Road. Mothership Zeta was just... Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, did you ever play the Fallout 3 DLCs? No, I don't like Fallout 3. Oh, wow. Straight up. Uh, Mothership Zeta had some really cool ideas. Uh, it seemed like th- more like something they were really excited to do than actually had a good idea of how to execute it. Within the within the context of the game, it is being added to, uh, but it was uh, it was a cool idea that the aliens have been like collecting humans uh, from different time periods. So you like encounter like a samurai who doesn't speak English, a cowboy, uh, that kind of shit while you're on the ship, and then all of you guys join forces to try to escape the aliens. And you're just blasting aliens in the head, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, so I also fired up New Vegas, uh, got the lay of the land as I like to call it, see what kind of character I was rolling, where I'm at. And uh, I've played all the DLCs, uh, except for Lonesome Road, so I will be, this weekend, maybe, a little bit, here and there, if I have time, uh, working on finishing that DLC, and we can finally stop talking about New Vegas. We'll never talk about it again. That'll be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the end. We've done everything. There's nothing There's nothing left to do. Uh, anything else? Uh, what else? I've been desperately... Well, first of all, I need to go play Mass Effect 3. I'm crushing Mass Effect 3 this weekend. Are we still talking about yeah, that at the end of the show a little bit? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yes, we'll talk about what you played so far. Yeah, yeah so I wanna, I'm going to basically just say fuck it. I'm going to finish Mass Effect 3 in a single weekend. Like, it's doable. Yeah, just going to get it done. Uh, get that trilogy over with. Um, then you and me were talking Andromeda. about... Yeah, yeah, drama. <laughs> you and me are talking about various video games, and recently because I've watched the Netflix anime adaptation, I've been having a hankering to maybe check me out some Symphony of the Night. Oh so, shit! Yeah. Uh, besides that, what I've actually been playing right now is mainly Fallout New Vegas, but I've also been dabbling a little bit more, of course, into Chivalry Two. 
Um, and playing a little bit of Deus Ex Mankind Divided when I can. Uh, it's just, it's hard to put down New Vegas once you really start getting the wheels rolling and start getting some good guns and stuff like that. So nothing to There's ex- a momentum. There's like a momentum break, and I can see it in the character I just logged into last night. When you start doing the, okay, who are you going to side with? You've got to talk to all the factions or don't. Uh, that part of the game gets kind of checklisty. Uh, and and the, the way I like clearly I was working on that the last time I played and that's why I maybe walked away from that game at that point because I was doing the Brotherhood of Steel stuff in Hidden Valley and and dealing with the boomers and stuff like that okay boomers uh, and uh, that's clearly where I fell off the game so like New Vegas is is fascinating and the first few times you come through there as different characters is interesting how you're going to deal with all these things but now having played through the game so many times. Uh, that, that stuff kind of weighs on you, and I'm going to definitely take a different approach and just walk away from it and uh, focus on the yeah, DLCs. Yeah, like, and, and I would say especially because the, that main storyline brings you so many different factions, but then not all factions are created equal. Like, I would mm-hmm. say uh, trying to convince or destroy the Brotherhood of Steel is a lot more engaging and fun than, I would say, the Great Cons, who I have, like, I had no interest in whatsoever, nor their culture... And I thought their quest lines were very boring, and convincing them was very boring. Brotherhood Steel involved this awesome thing where you could put a new guy in power if you wanted to, find patrols, become a member. They could blow up the bunker if you want and fight your way out. Great cons is just like talk to this fucking dude, read a book, convince him that you're all good, and he'll join you. Um, so in that case, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think, like, once you do, like, the Great Cons ones, like, fuck doing that again. Same with the Omeridas. I think the White Glove Society is kind of fun. I love Brotherhood of Steel. Boomers is definitely, give like, take it or leave it for me as well. Um, I think the strength of New Vegas is outside of the Strip and Freeside, where a lot of this stuff takes place, especially with bringing back all these reputations. Speaking of the strength of New Vegas, can we talk about the charisma of New Vegas? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I totally, I don't know if I, like, blew your mind, but I definitely, like, made us both aware of how fucking dumb we've been these last uh, however many years we've been playing this game. So Charisma Lee in New Vegas only does one thing. Sorry, it does two things. Charisma is only good for one thing. It only does two things. One, it increases like every other skill. It has a, it gives you a base increase to your speech and barter. And then two, mm. it gives your companion more health and makes them do more damage, which is only really noticeable in hardcore uh, hardcore mode. But if you're yes. in hardcore mode, you probably don't even want a companion because they'll die into it and then stay dead. So you basically what that means is. Christmas fucking useless because you can just put level up points into speech or barter and you can overcome like the six points that you'd put into it in a single level even. So everybody who I've watched play New Vegas has always put one into charisma and I've never really questioned it. I was like, I guess they're just not doing a speech run. I don't give a fuck. But no, it's because it's absolutely fucking useless. It's a dump stat. You should put all of that into every other stat. And I... I regret every single playthrough I've done up until now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, not to go back to Fallout 76, uh, but the way the special stats work in that is it's your... Not only does it increase, obviously, your base stats, but it's also your allowance to equip perks. Uh, so each perk you have can be leveled up. It's basically like a trading card. Yeah. And if you have six charisma, then you can equip six perks with of charisma stuff. 
Uh, so the the stats have a different approach in that case. Yeah. Uh, like, whereas in these old games, yeah, if there isn't a charisma check or like intelligence, if you dump your intelligence to nothing in New Vegas, you get the special speech checks where you just sound like an right, idiot. Right. But intelligence also gives you more points you have in intelligence, the more experience you'll get from everything. So if you only have two intelligence, you might only get fifteen experience from killing a gecko. But if you have six intelligence, you might get thirty experience from killing the gecko, um, and that's huge. Charisma is just the only stat in New Vegas that doesn't really have that secondary effect that everything else does. Its secondary effect is a companion thing, but like I said, it's fairly useless. That is something that I I, I do like, I guess, in a way, about Fallout 4. It's so weird because I don't like the level-up system at all in Fallout 4. But I do like how they they gave a way for every single stat to be useful and have a purpose and for you to put more points into that particular stat. Yes, sir. Well, Reed, can we put New Vegas to bed for today? Sure. <laughs> It'll be back. I'm the New sure. Vegas podcast. New, welcome. Uh, so let's do the uh, tired, fucked out thing of looking uh, through the next few months of summer and see if there's any games that stand out that we might possibly be uh, interested in before we go into a little a Mass Effect talk before this bonus yet actual episode of Public Beta Podcast is over. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin is a game that's out today. Uh, that we both kind of took a took a took a second glance at. We did the yeah. uh, we did the meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend. Uh, she she of course represents our backlog of video games, and the chick walking in the other directions represents Monster Hunter Stories Two: Wings of Ruin. Yeah. Uh, further, this is we a weird divergence of the series where the main part of the series tells you that these monsters are a scourge. Uh, and that we have to wipe them off the face of the planet, or they will take—they'll basically wipe out the human race. We need to get rid of them. And then Monster Hunter stories where you befriend these monsters and raise them. Uh, <laughs> like Pokemon doesn't have this. Right. There isn't a version of like, Pokemon where it's whole, like we got to kill the Pokemon. Yeah, what I saw in the trailer was just like, oh, the Brathlos, like we got to save it. I'm like, isn't this a big fuck you dragon eagle thing that like eats a bunch of shit and you kill like seven thousand of them in Monster Hunter World? I guess we got to play the game. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's the only game. way to, to know. <laughs> it, to be honest, Fair. like the story does not look at all what I want out of a JRPG. But that being said, it does. It looks like a traditional JRPG, which I love. It has uh, characters that have equipable armor that you can see in battles, which is I think fairly unique to, to uh, our turn-based RPGs. I don't think there's a lot of stuff that actively show full body armor changes. Like the only one that really comes to mind is Lord of the Ring: The Third Age. Oddly enough, I was gonna say for JRPGs in particular, it's it's very yeah, rare. it's very yeah. rare uh, because they want their characters to have a very distinct, noticeable uh, style, so you can immediately be like, "Oh, that's so and so." It's because they don't want to re-render your fucking character in every cutscene. Yeah, that's why. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I, in that sense, I really fucking love it. I like uh, I think that's a really cool feature. I think more JRPGs need to follow suit in that. And uh, no pun intended. I have no idea what the battle system's like. I don't know what its gimmick is or anything like that. But uh, fuck it, I I might check it out whenever it's on sale. Next. I think it. I thought the first one was turn based. I could easily look this up, but I thought it was turn based, and then you're raising all the different monsters. Yeah, I mean gimmick as in like yeah. Do you raise monsters? Do you breed them? Do you like make new ones? Do you fucking like what do you well, do? What's the EV IV value yeah, situation what, what like? Yeah, where are my EV the, values? Yeah. <laughs> How do we min max? Like, yeah. I don't want to be wasting my time playing this shit. I want to. I want to get the best possible, uh, Kezu. Uh, so, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD is out next Friday. Oh my uh, god! Oh my god! I, like, you think I'd be behooved 
to play that game, and I am just not, man. I bounced off that game. That's maybe my least played Zelda game. Yeah, ever. I've I've heard no particular love from anybody for Skyward Sword, and not just not just because of the wonky controls. I just like no one's ever been like, oh fuck yeah, the Skyward Sword story though. Oh yeah, great. Well, maybe the three-hour tutorial has something fucking to do with it. Um, <laughs> Akiba Akiba's Trip Hellbound and Debriefed is coming to the, the Switch and the PS4 and the PC. If you want to play a fun brawler where you rip off people's clothes, that could be for you. Uh, Chris Tales is finally coming out. That's that uh, JRPG with the kind of neat stained glass window, weird uh, pixel art. I'm trying to find things here that specifically you would know. Did you ever play World Ends with you? Why the fuck would you? But <laughs> I know of it, and I know a bunch of people played it, but no, I've not played it myself. Yeah, that's like Kingdom Hearts adjacent now. It's yeah, probably best I, to, uh... Kingdom Hearts is fucking <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is fucking go away heat with me, and I haven't even played the series. As soon as somebody opens their mouth to fucking talk about Kingdom Hearts, you're just like, no, no, no. it doesn't that. get to be brought up. That's you you, you got to talk about this on Reddit or like a or a community with other people who give a shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, like, you need to find your ul- and then like every post on that ultra specific community is the same thing. Like, eh, am I the only one that thinks that blah, 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 isn't that bad? And it's like, well, fuck, you're on the Kingdom Hearts subreddit. I bet you you're not the only one. Well, it's either that or it's like ships and deviant art of characters kissing. Yeah. Am I the only uh, one that thinks that Fallout 4 isn't bad? <laughs> it's actually good. After X years, game is still good. And here, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator will be coming to the Xbox Series X at the end of the month here. Samurai Warriors 5, they're still doing those. That's coming out. Sure. Um, man, and then we hit August and you've got, so you've got Godfall coming to the fucking PS4. Oh my god. Uh, Got to make your money back somehow. Put it on the the console you didn't release for. Skatebird is going to be pretty sick. You're a little bird. You're skateboarding. Uh, Hades coming to uh, PlayStation and Xbox consoles. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, which will also have a standalone DLC. Yeah, apparently people, you still need to- apparently people are real mad because, like, uh, if you own the PS4 copy, you do not get, like, a free PS5 upgrade. You have to pay for it. Right. Sony's a fucking mess with that. Uh, well, you have to pay for the DLC anyways, but the stuff that they're including in the PS5 or the the Director's Cut upgrade. So if you have regular, you still have to pay for the Director's Cut upgrade, and I don't know if those features are available on PS4 right, or PS5 exclusive. I, I guess that's the confusing part because it's like yeah. FF7 just did the thing where they're like, FF7, uh, free PS5 upgrade if you, ha- if, you have, if you have the PS4 one. Only if you paid for it. If you got the free PSN one that came out a month before it, that doesn't count. Yeah, but I did pay for like it on release digitally on my PS4. So when I went to go download on the PS5, it was zero dollars, and I had the free PS5 upgrade, and it was great. Uh, so it's confusing as fuck when one game on your console, it, like uh, one game on your console, does it, and then one other game doesn't. Right. Especially uh, and consoles, then, ex- yeah. especially console exclusives like fucking Final Fantasy and Ghost of Tsushima. Like, yes, Sony should have this shit down pat, same sh- consistency across the board. Absolutely. And then the other thing is, like, the PS5 feature, some of the director's cut features are touted as, like, they did a Japanese lip sync. Okay. Uh, so if you play with the Japanese language on now, the mouths will match up, whereas before they were just lip, lip sync to English. So they would be speaking Japanese, but the, the it didn't make sense. Japanese uh, so I know that's exclusive to the director's cut, but I, I don't know if it's exclusive to the PS5 version. So people are a little out of sorts about that. Uh, there's an Aliens game coming out called Fireteam Elite. Uh, knock yourself out. <laughs> there's the two. There's Alien and there's Aliens. Uh, so you know that this is just going to be, I think, a, a co-op third-person shooter or something like that. Uh, Psychonauts 2 will finally come out. 
No More Heroes 3 from uh, Suda51. We move on to September where we will actually end this at Riders Republic coming out early in the... That's like uh, Ubisoft's Biken and, and whatever. What, what was the game? Dyson no Bakiden? Bites yeah, the Dusto? Uh, <laughs> and then The Medium is coming to PS5. Uh, Sonic Colors Ultimate will be coming out. Life is Strange True Colors. Tales of Arise. A WarioWare game will be out. Deathloop in the middle of the month. Rain- uh, Rainbow Six Extraction will be coming out on September 16th. Might be worth a look. Uh, Nino Kuni 2 will come to the Switch. Diablo 2 Resurrected comes out September 23rd. Uh, which as of now still doesn't have a physical version confirmed. Death Stranding Director's Cut, which uh, again, here's Sony's, uh, a first party Sony game basically. Uh, $10 upgrade from a PS5. So if you have the PS4 version and you want to play PS5, 10 bucks. Or for $5 more than that, you can buy a physical copy uh, native to the PS5. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot will be coming to the Switch. Lost Judgment is already out September 24th. And uh, yeah. That's uh, that's kind of Pokemon Unite supposed to drop like for real. I think it's in early access or something right now, or is it out the uh, the Pokemon MOBA? No, sure, whatever. Who gets I know you've been waiting. <laughs> <laughs> the most the, the we we cannot oversee that a lot of the most profitable games on the planet involve two things: MOBAs and MOBA-like gameplay, and Pokemon. So you would figure you combine those two aspects, and you're fucking you're you're laughing, right? MOBAs aren't really popular anymore, though. What the fuck are you talking about? They're not. They're not in the mainstream popular. They're not a popular game right, but genre. I would, I would say like League of Legends peak has passed by. No one's really playing Dota two anymore, and Smite's not only the majority anymore. of gamers on the planet are playing Chinese MOBAs. I, okay, I, I guess I'm secluded in my Western view about it. <laughs> right. So like, if you're a video game maker. And you're like, yes, we can keep making these Pokemon games and they're some of the best-selling games ever, but what genre is at the top if we can secure it? And that gameplay is MOBA-style gameplay. But like you said, MOBA-style gameplay is not in the, it's not the most popular genre. It's not approachable uh, especially, for, the average, for the average gamer, especially, exactly. a, especially a Pokemon gamer. Where you're like, but you figure if you if you launch a new one and you can net new players where everybody's on right, even. But MOBAs are infamous for like their Call of Duty's levels of it, of toxicity, except it's a bunch of people who know how to speak and type because they're playing a MOBA, so the insults are a lot more <laughs> intricate. Um, less racist, but they're still criticizing your play. No, they're they're just as racist. <laughs> it's just they have a lot more elaborate words to go along with it this time, as opposed to Call of Duty, where it's just a bunch of dumb fucking rednecks. Um, MOBAs I haven't also, played Call of Duty in a long time, but it's good to hear that that's mostly the experience. And MOBAs still. also are infamous for their incredible difficulty curve, uh, punishing, like, first ten games you'll play that most people will leave because you're just getting absolutely fucking rocked. Because MOBAs aren't just like, oh, go out there, go out there and try to kill the person. It's all about teamwork, positioning, uh, awareness, knowing when to attack and when not to, knowing when to go back into base and heal up and when to buy items and all this stuff. Like, it's a, it's like a sport. It's a, li- it's a lot like a sport in the sense that... Wow. You've, I don't mean... full circle. Video games are sports? Not, like, Jeez. I don't... Obviously not a sport in the sense of, like... I mean, it's sport... That's a good analogy, though, because you're basically saying, like, 
me and you have a working understanding of how hockey works and the rules of hockey. Yes. But if, you, if we strapped on skates and played with some NHLers, they probably wouldn't be too happy with us having us on the ice with yes, them. Yes, exactly. Uh, when they could have a better player in that spot. And that's exactly the learning curve of a MOBA. When you hear people say, like, if you want to properly learn Dota 2, it's going to be 40 hours before you stop being a complete idiot and at that point you still suck but you're you're on the other side of the yes exactly the curve yeah. or whatever it takes yeah. tens and tens and tens of hours for you to be even competitive with other players um so it's it's weird because pokemon especially over the years has been approaching more and more of a casual approachable level to players it's always been kind of casual in that sense uh so them picking up such a complicated game is is weird to me I mean that uh, they did that battle one. What the fuck was that called? Oh, fuck. There was there was like a a there's a few Pokemon apps. There's one where it's like uh, it was a gotcha game where you would get a trainer. So you get like Gary Oak, and then he'd be with one of his char- his his Pokemon, and you level them up, and it's just like a a tap battle simplified version of Pokemon. Apparently, that's just raking it in. Uh, so if you if you consider that genre isn't even a genre, it's basically a, a clicker at that point. Something with MOBA gameplay uh, could be po- uh, we'll fucking see, man. All right. Reed, before we, uh, we call it a day for today, I want to know, before you finish Mass Effect 3 in one weekend, before you save the galaxy, <laughs> what have you experienced of Mass Effect 3 so far, um, and what are your thoughts? So, first of all, I want to say, like, fuck you if you're not a fan of Liara in Mass Effect, by the way. Not in the sense that, like, <laughs> not in the sense that I hate you personally. I mean in the sense that Bioware basically gave you a big middle finger and said, no, fuck you if you don't like Liara. Because she's the most important fucking character of these three games. She's in the trailer for the new fucking Mass Effect. She's the one character that always shows up. She falls in love with Shepard within 30 fucking minutes. Like, it's so blatantly obvious how much of a bias these games have for Liara. Uh, And it's incredibly disappointing for someone who has no love or joy or any feelings towards Liara whatsoever. Um, so, so far in Mass Effect 3, the fact that she's been given such a predominant part, she's already in your team, and she's already vastly overshadowed James and whoever the fuck else is on your ship is, uh... James. Yeah, is... <laughs> yeah, fuck off, James, by the way, fucking doing chin-ups, and he's like, what's up, bro? And, I'm like, I'm female shepherd, I'm like, don't fucking call me bro, and then he, like, tries to flirt... I don't know, it was weird, it was dumb, fuck, fuck James, and then, yeah, don't like Liara, anyway... So the first thing I did in that game was to go to this planet. I didn't even look at the objective. And that's where I'm going to get a new companion that is a Prothean, which looks okay. incredible. That's the DLC. So that's DLC. That, that was not included in the base game. That is a DLC quest you're doing right now. Oh, fuck me. Uh, I would not you should, have... No, you should still do it because that's a really important party member to have in that fucking game. Yes. But they locked it behind DLC. So yeah, I'm going to do that, get him, and then buddy at work have advised me that Garrus is in fact yet another companion in this game. Yes. So I'm like, I shit my pants that I didn't go in and get him first because he is literally the love of my life in that game. I've had the Ride sex. <laughs> I've had the sex with Garrus. Um, so had weird bird yeah, sex with Garrus. That's immediately going to be the next thing I do after. And then I've seen a zillion bajillion screenshots of whatever of this infamous Citadel DLC, where Jack's like stripping on a table and people are getting drunk and Tolly wants a threesome and shit. Uh, well, okay, so I never played that DLC, so I'm, I'm very yeah. So curious. I'm very curious for that. Like, yeah, someone at work was just like, yeah, if Tali's drunk enough, and you're with like, if you are romance with Garrus, Tali will be like, what about a three? And then she like cut herself off and be like, oh, you know what? Like, she's wasted. Oh, never mind. 
And I was I was shocked when I heard this, Lee. In oh, my, Tally, Tally's a freak, man. Yeah, she in gets my down. mind, Tally's always been, like, just above a teenager, like, because she's on, like, her pilgrimage, right? Like, like yeah. the young adolescent people. And I'm at least like, that's, like, better than, a, like, Drake Bell shit. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> at, least, yeah. at least she's of age. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yo, you're way too, like, young and pure and innocent. And then I learned that fucking Garrus is only 25 in Mass Effect oh, yeah. 1. And Shepard is only 29 in Mass Effect 1. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm older than... Well, think of... Garrus? Yeah, well, think of it this way: the Solarians don't barely live to twenty. So every Solarian you're seeing is is between ten and twenty, right, probably but, if they're working but, a job. Uh, those are different when they explicitly state that Turians are very similar to humans in terms of lifespan and how they age and shit like that. How they fuck. How they fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that threw me off for a bit. I'm just like, how could they do that to Tali and make her so lewd and shit? That's uh, mostly a joke, anyway. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that DLC because everybody loves some good R&R between the crewmates. I can't wait to tell Ashley she's not invited. Uh, and <laughs> Yeah, Mass Effect wasn't 3. She, isn't I, she dead? What? Isn't Ashley dead? No, she's in a coma in my game because like, I guess I did something, right? Uh, <laughs> so mostly in this game, I just want to see... I'm way more interested about the elusive man than I am about the hmm. Reapers. Because for all intents and purposes, I believe Mass Effect 2 showed us all that the Reapers want to do, which is assimilate uh, species, (laughs) advanced species with technology to make more Reapers and then repeat the cycle for whatever reason. Um, That could be cool, but I think what the Elusive Man wants to do is even cooler, and I'm really interested to see where that goes, and hopefully it does lead somewhere interesting. And then, of course, there's like three other companions that I have no clue about, so I'm interested to see them. Right on, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, make sure you also do the Leviathan DLC. Don't do it early or anything. Before you clear the game, go do the Leviathan DLC. Which, uh, And then remember, when you complete the Leviathan DLC, text me, and then realize that that DLC is DLC and wasn't part of the main game. Okay. Just just remember that. Okay. It's, it's pretty astounding what EA went to cut out of that game to make paid content and how important... Like, a Prothean party member... For context, uh, like the uh, last surviving member of this race that was wiped out how many thousands of years ago and their perspective on the Reapers and what's happening now would be fascinating. Nope, pay for that. The Leviathan DLC, which gives you even more uh, of a deep dive into the Reapers and why they do what they do. Nope, that was cut out. And then you wonder why people get to the end of the game. They're like, well, what the fuck? I feel like there's a bunch of gaping holes in what's going on here and a lot of implications and stuff and then you realize that no it's because Gaping. everybody beat the game before the fucking DLC dropped yeah. anyhow Reed we're gonna call it uh, a day here at Iceberg Podcast is us on Twitter leatisiceberg.com is my email address send us questions topics if it's interesting we might put it on the show we'll be back again next week talk about a little bit more video games and apparently talk about the ending of Mass Effect 3 which everybody loves <laughs> and I'm sure Reed will have no problems with whatsoever uh <laughs> That's going to be it for myself, Lee, and for Reed. Thanks for signing up. We'll talk to you next week. See ya.